Star Tribune sports columnist Jim Suhan joins us now. Hey, Jim, good morning. Good morning, Jay. Uh, Jim, a couple of uh, Viking things. First of all, K.J. Osborne, uh, one of uh, four individuals that helped save a man's life. Um, and uh, it sounds like this Uber driver um, had pulled over, saw that someone, had their vehicle, their uh, had started on flame in flames, and then Osborne and, and three others went and pulled him out of the vehicle. Boy, what an amazing situation. Uh, I guess we could all hope that we would react the same way Osborne did on Sunday night. We can help. You never really know until you're put in that situation. But uh, that that is a that's a, a wild, remarkable story, and and uh, you know, good on him, man. That's uh, you know, everybody everybody likes KJ, but you know, liking somebody and knowing how they'll whether they're they can perform heroically are two completely different things. That's uh, that's yeah, it's a remarkable story. Uh, you know, that's that's such a great thing to see him do. So another Vikings news: something that happened uh, shortly after we. Uh, Finished our conversation yesterday. Eric Hendricks was released by the Vikings. Your thoughts on Kendricks? Yeah, I wrote about it today. Um, you know, it's a lot of different emotions you can have about this. Uh, it's, you know, he he was a, an excellent player. 45th player picked in the draft. Turns into an all-pro linebacker. Uh, credit to Spielman for drafting him. Credit to Zimmer and staff for helping Kendricks develop. Credit to Kendricks for handling his career so well. He was a very smart player, great teammate. Um, and he did a lot of good works in the community. Uh, you know, just really an ideal professional athlete in a lot of ways. He also seemed to lose a step last year and, uh, they saved 9.5 million against their cap by releasing him, um, puts them in much better position to get under the cap. Um, they can do so pretty easily from here. And, and also, you know, we don't have to feel too sorry for him. He's made $45 million as an NFL player. So he's doing okay. Uh, you still hate to see him, hate good people, hate to see good people go. Uh, and this is probably the first of many moves we're, that they're going to make. They're going to feel pretty dramatic. So what would be the next move? I mean, this is one that we talked about was a possibility that Kendricks, Harrison Smith's another name, Patrick Peterson, another name that guys that are, they're getting toward the back end of their career. It's so difficult to tell though, do they have another year left in them or do they not? Yep. Um, do you think Smith and Peterson have another year left in them? I don't really know. I, and you know, Kendricks might have another year left in him. They just might not like his fit in the scheme or feel like he just wasn't good enough for last year. They want to play, replace him with a speed player. Um, you know, we don't, we, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not surprised they released Kendricks, but I didn't exactly know it was coming or that was going to be the first move. Same thing with Smith and Peterson. I, I think Dalvin Cook is the easy one. He's a, an older running back um, who makes a lot of money in a system that doesn't really rely on running backs. Uh, my guess is they're going to offer him a pay cut and he's going to refuse it. And then they'll release him. And if that happens, then they're, you know, they're really on their way to getting under the cap. Um Smith is as good as Kendricks was. Smith is on a different level. Kendricks is a, you know, briefly a Pro Bowl, All Pro kind of player. Uh, Smith is a possible Hall of Famer, um, and he plays a position where you have very young players other than him, uh, where experience really matters a lot. I, I maybe they'll ask him to restructure. I don't see them releasing Smith. At least at, at this juncture, maybe if the negotiations go badly, that would happen. Peterson's a tough one. Um, you need younger, faster cornerbacks, but he's still a very smart player. Um, I, I don't know where they're going to go with that one. 
And then, you know, we still don't know what they're going to do with Zedaria Smith. Does Flores say, look at him and say, God, we need this guy? Or, okay, he fell off the end of the year and we need younger players. I mean, there's still a lot of mystery here. Yeah, and it, what is the timeline to try to get this kind of stuff done? Making these, I mean, these are tough decisions to make. Well, they're, they're tough decisions to make and they're tough decisions to figure out what they're going to do. But this is also exactly the NFL business. If you're in the in NFL front office, you make these decisions every year. And they look, and frankly, you know, I think one thing we've learned over the years from watching Hard Knocks is, you know, they don't sit around feeling terrible about it. They just, they're just business decisions. And again, you know, we can feel sorry for Eric Hendricks, and he's made $45 million before the age of 31. He's doing okay. You know, uh, this this is not a tragedy that he went to the NFL and his career lasted until he was 31 years old. That's actually a, a that's a great story. So, you know, they're not sitting around feeling bad about it. They're just making calculations on who's worth what, which is what you have to do in a salary cap sport. Jim, you brought up Delvin Cook. The running back position is one that seems like over the years has just been devalued. Once a, get, a guy gets past that first contract, do they have much earning power? No. And that's why, you know, the idea of uh, a running back union has been floated. I don't know that that can actually work or will work or whatever happen, but I understand the, the sentiment behind it. You have dynamic players who put themselves at great injury risk who really have short careers or at least short uh, earning potential. In fact, uh, you know, Derrick Henry might be the best back in the league, and there's a rumor out that the Titans are looking to trade him right now. You know, uh, running backs are two problems. It's hard to stay it's hard to stay at the top of your game at that position when he takes as many hits as those guys do. And the other is that not many winning offenses rely heavily on the running back. Again, we've seen, you know, we've talked about this a million times. We've seen the chiefs win two super bowls without really caring who plays running back for them. Uh, you know, the Eagles had a nice player in miles Sanders, second round pick. They probably aren't going to keep them after he helped them get to the super bowl. It's just not, it's not a driver of overall team success. And if it is, then you probably have an outdated offense and you're relying too much on your defense like the Vikings were under Zimmer. Is there any way for, I mean, because running backs, they touch the ball quite a bit and they take a lot of hits. You mentioned the union. It seems like there's not much recourse that running backs could have. Is it just because there's too many of them? Well, no, it's because of what I just said. It's because uh, you can get a lot of mileage out of that position. It, again, salary cap lead. Uh, would you like to have a great running back? Yes. Do you want to pay him $20 million, $30 million a year? No, because, you know, for a running back to be a big, for a great running back to be a big part of a championship team, he's going to need great offensive lineman. He's going to need a quarterback who can take advantage of down and distance. He's going to need a really good defense. He's going to need, you know, I mean, uh, so, you know, you get just, if you have a great wide receiver, he tends to make everything around him better. You have a great quarterback, obviously makes everybody around him better. You have a great pass rusher or cornerback that helps you build a great defense. You can have a great running back, have a great season and still may not be a great team. So it's just not the right place to put your resources. Jim, would you say it's safe to say that decisions on a lot of the players we just talked about will be made before the NFL draft? Yeah, I would think uh, I, I would guess that most of these decisions are going to start rolling in over the next two weeks, uh, and they don't, you know. And I think the Kendricks Kendricks was the first of a kind of an avalanche of decisions. Would be my guess. Jim, the uh, Viking or the uh, Twins are going to play another spring training game today, and uh, we we've seen 
you know, some success. You know, Jose Miranda with a couple of home runs recently. Joey Gallo has been hitting the ball pretty well so far this spring. Um, stolen bases is something that has been talked about quite a bit in the offseason because a new rule change in Major League Baseball, which favors, you know, teams taking more chances, stealing bases. The Twins really haven't done that in this regime. Do you think that there are some players that might get more steals for the Twins this year because of this rule change? I think their general philosophy is going to be, let's be more aggressive on the bases uh, and let's steal when the situation is right. I don't think they're going to be a crazy running team. I do think they want to be better at taking the extra base. I think they, uh, of course, last year they got in trouble trying to go home too aggressively too often, but I think that was a reaction. Just They knew they weren't going to get any hits and they needed to take chances on the bases. I think they want to be intelligently aggressive on the bases this year. I do think they want to steal more bases, but here's the catch. Trey and Buxton aren't going to steal bases, you know, to keep them healthy. So who's, you can say you want to steal more bases. Who's going to steal the bases? Well, M- Michael Taylor, when he's in the lineup, he could do that. Uh, Miranda's not going to steal bases. Kirilov's not going to steal bases. Polanco's not going to steal bases. Uh, Gallo's not going to steal bases. Catchers aren't going to steal bases. So you can, it's, it's, it's like, Teams in the offseason would saying we want to establish run. You can say that, but when it's third and eight, you're going to throw the ball. Well, you can say you're going to steal bases, but you have to have a good base stealer to do that. They don't have many of those guys. So I really think that the overall philosophy is going to be more, much more about going first to third and and you know trying to uh, to be better situational hitters than just purely stealing bases. Jim, as the uh, pitch clock uh, that we've seen so far being used this spring, is that really going to help the game? <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. Uh, I, and, you know, listen, there are always going to be players who complain, especially certain pitchers who complain about this. There are also a lot of pitchers who are like, God, this is going to be great. I'm going to get in a better rhythm. The hitter's not going to have an excuse to step out or to delay. Um, you know, Rocco, Falvey, all these guys I talked to, they're like, wouldn't it be great if you go to the ballpark and you know it's going to be a two-hour and a two-and-a-half-hour game? I mean, what would be – I mean, I, I'd love that. You know, you start a game at 7-10 and it's over by 9-40. Wouldn't that be great? You can go to bed on time. If you go to the game, you get home at a reasonable hour. Uh, And they're doing that by removing nothing. They're not removing any baseball. They're removing standing around and scratching and staring and blowing your nose and scratching your head. I mean, it's going to be phenomenal. Jim, one last one. The Timberwolves, uh, they got Philadelphia at home tonight. Wolves have been playing better lately. What do you attribute that to? Uh, Ball movement, Michael Conley. Uh, getting ingrained in their system and starting to hit shots. Gobert feeling much more comfortable with Conley than he ever did with D'Lo. Um, and, you know, Kyle Anderson, guys like Kyle Anderson, Torian Prince, Nasri, their depth really showing up. All right, what do you got in your podcast, Jim? Uh, let's see, we have the John Krasinski Show out, a really good episode on the Timberwolves. That's at talknorth.com or on your favorite podcast app. All right, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Great, thanks, Jim. It's Jim Suhan, Star Tribune Sports columnist, joining us every weekday morning at this time. Follow him on Twitter at Suhan Strib. Check out his latest column, the Star Tribune's podcast at talknorth.com. Next on WJON, World of National News from 8.